about Dolly Parton? I'm busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. Let me tell you, I am just all over the place. So if you guys, um, if I get confusing, just you have to you have to roll with it. Just roll with it. Um, we are two hours from uh, Rough Trade starting for me, um, Central Time. So that's when I always start it. Some of you are already in the first, so some of you are already writing. I hope that's going well for you. We're going to start um, uh, official sprints at midnight my time, which is two hours from now. Like I just said, like I told you, I'm a little, I'm a little woohoo. Um, anyways, I'm going to put Julie on the phone because this podcast needs some sanity and she's not nearly as crazy as I am. She thinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I forgot to put my, print my plot document. Oh, I, I usually have, have all I'm, rem- I'm remarkably unprepared. <laughs> Today, I I usually I feel like I haven't plotted, but I have. I did my plot doc, but a big part of plot for me is the um, is is the timeline, and I didn't do one. Um, probably because I'm continuing on. I don't even. I guess it's because I figured I was continuing on from uh, stick around. Um, but so it's leaving me feeling like I haven't done my plot yet. <laughs> so. I feel very discombobulated. Well, what about your timeline from Stick Around? So I get that, that out and start adding to it. Yes, just add right, to it. Right, exactly. What I'll be like doing you go is the bottom and just say, and stuff happens. <laughs> and stuff, and more stuff happens. Demons happens next. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a hot mess. Etc. So, uh, so for, for the thirty minutes, for the thirty minutes before. Um, um, Yes, for our thirty-minute break, I'll be noodling on my timeline because I got to have something written down. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't, I, I feel like I don't even know you. I can't believe you don't have your timeline done. I mean, you've had months. That's so weird. <laughs> well, and and like I'm like a time I'm like a timeline freak, right? That's like what I do. It's like one of the first things I build is a timeline. So <laughs> it's just it's crazy. I haven't done one yet. But um, to be fair, I've been distracted with fun things. So that's, you know, uh, we have had now the first, you know, I'm going to be a terrible thick tease here, but we've had the first three parts of the Feeding Frenzy Relay drop. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you even knew the third part dropped right before the podcast. I had just enough time I to read it. I haven't seen it. I did not I have, have enough time to now. read it. Yeah, I have, I have uh, a new well, ship. Well, shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Now I feel like I've been cock-teased because I do actually have access to that, but I, but I can't because i got too much going she on over here. She has to stay here. here. <laughs> I'll bet you she reads it in that half hour. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, we, got, not, we, got our Starga- we got our Stargate relay done. That was banging. And we got the relay done for the Magnificent Seven, and that was the one that just dropped. It, it was awesome. And I think we have a little over 20 relays planned, just slightly over. It's going to be amazing. But what I will say is when she means drops, it's just in our private chat. So it's not published anywhere, people. You can't see it yet. It's going to all go up on the same day, right? Yeah, you're going to to get the whole thing. So if everybody writes 5K, which 
it'll be between 50 and 100,000 words when it's done. So you guys will get a nice big thing, like a nice big unicorn present Fest. on the day it goes up. <laughs> It will be awesome. So, yeah, so that's I've, – I have been a little bit distracted today with, with fun things. And I started a new story. Um, I got a terrible Because now break. the great time got, to do that. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I needed another story to be running alongside my quantum bang. Anyway, or I'm going to be done with my QB in six days, and I can't have that. Um, she means her RT. Yeah. She's already finished her quantum yeah. bang. Yeah, the RT, yeah. Yeah, I'll be done with our trade in six days if I don't have something else to write on. So, um, yeah, I got an idea. last with your beta for your quantum bang. I, I want to do one more read-through before I hand it back to you. Oh, we're, we're really? getting there. Um, I, it, I beat the crap out of the end of it, but um, Kira's going to rescue me. Um yeah, I got this. I got this idea um, late last night. I think I don't even remember. I was so tired yesterday that it's just kind of all blurred together. Um, where Tony and Steve are in a relationship already, but it's secret because of don't ask, don't tell, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, that she and and uh, when when Tony finds out they're going to make Ziva a, a citizen and an agent, he says, uh, "I don't think so." And he files a protest with the inspector general. And the inspector general, who actually in the NCIS org chart reports to the director, tells Vance about the complaint. And Vance tells Ziva that, you know, they're working it out, but just hold on. Tony objected, blah, 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 blah. Well, she decides she's going to fix Tony's little red wagon, and she starts spying on him and finds out that he's involved with somebody who's active duty military. And she reports it to Steve's higher-ups, um, sends pictures of the two of them and these higher ups try to bury it try to you know because they don't want they don't they don't want to have an actual investigation into one of their elite and lose a million dollar asset right so they don't want to lose that so they try to bury it but she's rather persistent about and they don't even know where this stuff's coming from um and so um the chief of naval operations um, is talking to Jack O'Neill about it. And Jack says, oh, I've got a place I can stash them, you know, top secret assignment that they just can't be recalled from to answer these allegations. Oops. And so he shipped them off to Atlantis so they're out of pocket and unreachable while because he, you know, because they know that, that uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell is on the slate to be repealed in the next year or two. So they ship them off to Atlantis. And in the meantime, it occurs to somebody to wonder, was this person after Steve or were they after Tony with all of this? And so DCIS jumps in and starts investigating. So anyway, so I started that last night, you know, because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, got, I, got a, I got a couple thousand words in on that one um, because, you know, I need to be working on three or four stories this month. No. So I'm like a little – just, I'm like my brain is going in like six different directions at once. I um, <laughs> have, I don't even know. I have actually um, 
you know, I did that one little chapter thing for um, that I had a uh... man. I just sent an email to myself. Okay, uh, trying to respond to somebody. I see. This is why I should not be on any, doing anything else because I'm just crazy right now. Anyways, um, I did that Raven and that that the Raven and the Lion, um, Harry Potter Sentinel thing. And I threw up a little mm-hmm. chapter for EAD because I've been kind of poking it. Well, I've been poking it in sprints since EAD, and I've got 50K. Dude. I know. That just, creep- that just crept up on you. I got 50K, and I still got half a plot left. So, um, <laughs> Harry Potter man, I thought the whole plot might be 50k because I only have like 40 points, right? 40 plot points, but nah, dog. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, you know what? I try to estimate what my Harry Potter fic is going to be, but what it is is it's just this one big sarcastic. I mean, Harry and Hermione because they've been online for so long. They're so much more mature than their peers, even all the way up into, like, the seventh years. And so they're trolling Hogwarts hardcore. They got the Slytherins convinced that the Thundercats really exist. And, oh, my God. That's great. Or or, or is that the Hufflepuffs? I can't remember. But also Doctor Who and um, they're, you know, uh, they're trying to get the um, Gryffindors to hunt for Smurfs in the Forbidden Forest. So, yeah. And at one point, Seamus is obviously a muggle-born, so he knows that they're total, they're being total little assholes, right? But he's not going. He's having too much fun with it. But at one point, point, he's talking to Harry about you know Smurfs and how the evil wizard keeps trying to eat them, um, and. Harry says something to Hermione that she doesn't like, and she says, that's not very smurfy of you, Harry. And Seamus loses it. He has to run out of the hall. (laughs) He just can't take it anymore. He's done. (laughs) And he has to run because he can't handle it. (laughs) There, He's trying to to be a straight man for all of that, but he just can't deal anymore. (laughs) She went too far. not very smurfy of you, Harry. <laughs> and she's so deadpan, right? So it's just like, yeah. So it's like 50K right now, and I don't even know what to do with it. It's just been one big crack fic. And they've already gotten rid of two professors. They've gotten rid of Quirlmort, and they've gotten rid of Benz. And um, they got their eye on Snape now. So And Dumbledore has no idea what they are, so he can't prepare for them. And I think even if he did know <laughs> what they were, he couldn't prepare for them. So... Um, So yeah, what happened with Benz is he get, Harry asked Benz how he you know how how it felt to die, and come to find out Benz didn't know he was dead, and then he got mad because he hadn't been invited to a staff meeting in decades, and apparently they weren't paying him, and he said even if he was dead he wasn't going to work for free, and then he just folded off, and now Dumbledore's being investigated for embezzlement, you know, <laughs> that's the best way to get rid of Benz ever. <laughs> You mean you didn't know you so were dead? Thing. Really? <laughs> you know, it's just one thing after another. So, and Sirius is free because of Pettigrew, and um, he uh, they, they caught Peter, and um, 
there's this other sentinel, Thaddeus Banner is my is my alpha sentinel. Um and he's kinda lurking in the background keeping an eye on Harry. And at one point Harry realizes that, you know, that Quirrell's actually um possessed and he doesn't really know what's possessing him, but he's got a good idea. So he sends Banner a letter and tells him I need you to call her immediately and take care of this. <laughs> as soon as possible. It's freaking right. me out. Raise, <laughs> raise your hand if you wish Evil Author Day was in April. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. I don't even know what to do with it. So, um, I've been working on it in sprints. Whenever I don't have anything else to work on, that's my go-to project for sprints. And it's crazy cake. So, I have written so much in sprints. I wrote 6K yesterday. I've already written 1,600K today in sprints. Um and then, of course, we'll have sprints at midnight. So I only did sixteen hundred for the day, but that was in two sprints. So yeah, sometimes you just got. I I was going to sprint earlier. I was sprinting very early when Ellen got up, and because Ellen runs sprints on Sunday mornings, and I was awake when she got started. So I was like, yeah, well, I'm awake. I might as well do some writing. Um, and you were on you too, and we both were like, man, these twenty minutes. This is what happens when you're tired. Is those twenty minute sprints like they're going on forever? It's like, is right. Ellen asleep at the timer? What's going on? And um, I got quite a lot written in those few sprints I did this morning. But I'm like, okay, I'm here. I might as well write. Um, but yeah, it's it's the sprints. It's just it's amazing how much um, I've gotten writ- written since we started doing this. So that's why I was thinking I needed another project, at least one other project lined up. Um, for April because I don't like writing myself out of rough trade really quickly. I, you know, the yeah, one time I really did that. it's really kind of disappointing. It's like, really? <laughs> That's not how I planned for that to go. I, I didn't want to be done in 10 days. This sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it, it's not like I didn't know I was finishing, right? It was like the one time I finished in 10 days, I was like, just I was just so eager to write my projects that I just kept going on them, right? And then all of a sudden I'm done. And then I'm drumming my fingers on the table going, well, what now? I don't want to be done with the challenge yet. <laughs> so. so my Harry Potter crack thick is currently 55K. And it's like a mixture of, I mean, it's about as cracky as I'm possible of being, you know, because I'm not really a crack writer. Um, so it, but it, but it is cracky as I can be on a regular basis. And it's just... You know, mostly they're just trolling Hogwarts. So, but I set up my tab for, I have a database for my sprinting, so I have a tab set up for Atlantis, finding Atlantis. It's empty now. It's kind of weird. But, but yeah, 55K, almost 56K, because it's 55,975. So, um, but it's just like... uh, it was supposed to be done right. already at this word count, but it's not done. It's the smart Harry thing. Potter. You I mean, got to cut. It could be the Smurfs, or it could be Harry Potter, which is like you got to figure. You know, if you need X number of words per, per plot point in a normal fan, I mean, you double that in Harry Potter. <laughs> so yeah, about a hundred k. Yeah, <laughs> about a hundred k. So yeah, I mean, you know. And I don't even actually know how much I have up on EAD. I think it's just like the one chapter, which is probably just about 5,000 words. So, you know, 
I don't even think Harry had met, had met Hermione. Um, which is like, when he sees her, when he finally sees her, because she manages to hide from him until the point where she gets sorted, right? Because um, she's online too. And um, when he sees her, it's just like, Nobody else in the whole room matters. And he threatens the sorting hat when the sorting hat gets put on him. And he's like, okay, just put me in Gryffindor. Because he's kind of pissed because he wanted her to go to Ravenclaw. And he's mad because he didn't get to talk to her before the sorting so that she would have gone to somewhere besides Gryffindor, which he did not want to go into because those kids are loud and terrible. Um, but she went into Gryffindor thinking he would. Um, so he's pissed off. And the hat was like, well, that's my job. And he said, you will put me in Gryffindor or I will drown you in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> And then later on, they're both admitting to their peers that they had threatened the sorting hat. And Harry was like, and that really shouldn't have worked. I didn't know any magic. <laughs> Why'd the hat take me seriously? Can he even drown? Does it really matter? Yeah, does it, can he drown? Like, does it even matter if the hat drowns? <laughs> Maybe he's but just yeah. scared of squid. <laughs> Maybe he just thinks he'll drown. Um How Jay says she's worried that her QB won't be 50K. How close are you? Oh, my God. I could never let that hat be put on my head if I thought it had never been watched in the hunt, like the thousand years it's been, been used. No. I have issues. Uh, yeah, when I went to... Um, um, Ooh. Take a tour of Alcatraz. When I went to take a tour of Alcatraz, um, and one of the things they pass out is like these little listening devices and these headphones, and these headphones are ratty as fuck, right? For you to listen to information as you're going doing the walking tour about about the history of Alcatraz, right? And they hand it to me, and I'm standing there holding these headphones. <laughs> and I didn't think to bring headphones with me. I usually have headphones on me all the time, little earbuds with me, but I didn't think to bring headphones over to Alcatraz. And I'm standing with these things like between two fingers going, I have to put these on? Because <laughs> you know those things are not cleaned. So, you know, in deference to my serious, serious germ issues, we wrapped those um, headphones up in napkins like a motherfucker. It was great. <laughs> I looked ridiculous, <laughs> but I didn't care. I didn't have those nasty-ass headphones straight on my head. <sighs> I'm all, I don't even. It's nauseating, right? It's not. It. Mm. I'm, I'm all grossed out now. <laughs> I had all these little bits of, you know, um, like napkins sticking out and stuff. And, you know, it was hot too. It's like a little bit sweaty. And then we took them off. I had little bits of napkin clinging to my hair and my face. And it was just, I didn't care. I was like, I still didn't have those those really awful, terrible things. Touching my skin directly. Um, So, I feel so mentally unfocused. I need um, to throw my dog out of the house. I'm going to be very gentle about it, though, because he's barking. But anyway, um, I'll be back in a second, okay? Okay. 
Okie dokie. Um, Yeah, the difference. The, I think that editing bloat for a lot of people will take people who are close to the edge on the um, on the uh, what's it called on the quantum bang. Wow, I can't remember the name of my own challenge. That's terrible. Uh, it will take people who are close to the edge. Editing bloat can take you over. Now, the funny thing is, editing bloat is pretty much a fandom phenomenon. <laughs> Typically, things get smaller in editing. I don't think I've worked on. One, a single professional edit where it didn't get smaller, I don't think. I think every single story came in and had slightly less word count. That It was, it was trimming. One of them had significantly less word count. Um, so it, it's usually professional editing is usually trimming. But more often than not, fan fiction editing is, is, making, it, is making it bigger, which, well, it does depend upon if you're talking about, like, um, a second edit versus a final edit because in general a lot of times if you're going from a rough draft your second edit will will get you bigger because you're smoothing things out especially if you tend to be very terse or you leave off your dialogue tags and stuff um, when you do your rough draft (laughs) Kissy Sue says she's doing her final polish on her QB and that she's already added 300 more words and she's only on the third chapter yeah, I tend to get when I go from my rough draft to my first edit, it's not uncommon for me to have about a five percent bloat um, as I smooth things out and make it less. Um, my rough draft can be the rough in it is that it's often very choppy, but usually between an author's first edit and a final edit, it usually gets smaller. I'm reading what people people's experience of editing. Also, for those of you who haven't tried editing in sprints, I don't know why. I mean, clearly the thing I've needed my whole writing life is more breaks, and I never would have thought that that was the thing I needed. But clearly more breaks is what I needed because um, I edit more productively in 20-minute segments with a 10-minute break. I, I do not even understand how that, that's even a thing that editing, I get done faster. At least it seems like I do uh, when I edit in little, in little, in little chunks. And, and because I think I'm giving my brain a rest for 10 minutes, I also continue then pick up and spot errors better because you will start to become error blind when you're editing. Um, so it is just so much more productive for me to edit in sprints, to write in sprints, and even to plot in sprints because it keeps me, that little timer going off keeps me from rat holing. Because sometimes it's many, many a time when I have done plot work, I will get into little research spirals that actually aren't very productive, and like four or five hours will go by. And there's something about that timer going off. It's like, oh, my God, I've already spent 20 minutes researching elevator travel speeds. And then I go, this is just (laughs) not really that useful. I need to stop. (laughs) I don't think the sprints have helped with that. I did some editing during sprints. It was very helpful. Um, it just... So how do I think you get so focused when you're writing that you forget to take breaks and then you get physically and mentally exhausted b- before you know it? And sprints kind of clear the decks. 
Yeah, it does. Um, there's just something about those little breaks that really make it very manageable. And they keep you from feeling fatigued by whatever you're doing. Um, that was one of the reasons why for a lot of us that the 15-5 sprint didn't work. It wasn't the 15 minutes of writing, although not everybody liked the shorter writing period. It was the five-minute break that nobody liked. Everybody who was done the 2010 break. It, it, was, it like, wasn't enough. It's like now I feel tired. I, I feel like I'm running back to my computer. Whereas with a 10-minute break, you can get drink, you can move around, you can go to the bathroom, do all of those things, plus save your stuff, write down your thoughts for the next sprint. I mean, you can do – but five minutes just like I was always rushed, and it was, it was fatiguing. So, you know, we could do try 15-15 at some point in time, and someone suggested that we try that. Um, but it was the five-minute break that, that didn't work for anybody. And, and as I said, I, I, I feel stunned that I made it to, you know, the age of 46 without realizing, and I started writing when I was 12, that the thing I needed to be more productive writer was more breaks. I, if you had told me that even a year ago or three months ago, I would have just laughed at you. What do you mean I, need more I don't breaks? know how I feel I don't know how I feel about fifteen fifteen, but I I am actually really kind of curious about forty five fifteen because the last thing I want actually is less riding time. <laughs> yeah, I think the fifteen fifteen was proposed by somebody who has a lot of issues um, with pain when they sit for long periods of time, and twenty is apparently pushing their limit, so. But the thing is, if you struggle with a 20-minute sprint, set your own timer and get up in 15 minutes. You don't have to sit there the whole 20. If you want to do a 10-minute sprint and a 20-minute break, you don't have to wait for the person calling the sprint to end the sprint. Set your own timer and get up. And then you can report your word count before the beginning of the next sprint. You know, just take care of yourself and make sure it's working for you. But, yeah, we'll try some different timings and stuff. We might try some later in the month. We won't try that. You know, people are really eager to be productive. But I think the first week of Rough Trade, so we'll stick with what we know works. But we might try some other timings later in the, in the, in the month or next month or something. Um, yeah. I do I wonder if a longer than 10-minute break would make me kind of go off the rails. Yeah. There is that potential for those of us that are easily distracted. Um, you know, 15 to 20 minutes is just enough time to really get into something else. But 10 minutes, you've got to stay on task and get focused and get back to the I mean, front start. The so. most you can do is fill up your drink and take a pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty much what Maybe I Maybe answer an email. Yeah. It's like all that, all the stuff I drank the last sprint, now I need to go pee. <laughs> So right now we will kind of like try to um, come up with some sort of like maybe sort of schedule of when people might be doing. Some people like to schedule when they're going to sprint. Um, and we might put it up in the announcements on a day-by-day basis of who you can expect to be on when to do the sprinting, to run sprints. Um, but I expect that, 
people will be on and off all day long, especially the first week and a half or so. There'll be a sprints probably being run. I'm going to make a guess about 18 hours a day. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll behind the scenes do some coordination and stuff. But um, if you want to try writing in sprints and you haven't tried it yet, come on by. Someone will probably be there. What's really, I wanted to say, I'm not sure if you said while I was gone, but what I wanted to say um, is that I'm really, I'm really, and I don't want to sound patronizing, but I'm really just so pleased with you guys and the stuff that you're doing in the sprints and how cooperative you're being and how helpful you're being with each other. It's just really awesome to see, you know, because a lot of times communities, um, and we're actually kind of big now, but when, when we were small, it, it wasn't so much a worry for me, but when you get into like a big group like we are, I mean, hell, I don't even know how many people are on the Just Right server. It's it's over a hundred, right? I think it's like a hundred and fifty. Um, that's a big group of people, and I really appreciate how how just genuinely um, helpful and pleasant and um, you it's are to each other. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just really great. I, I really appreciate it um, that they're not, you know, uh, we're not seeing public arguments or catty-ass behavior or people throwing shade at each other over shit, you know. Except for that whole golden shower thing. I regret nothing. Dude, what? I, I see you. Anyway. <laughs> and there are 200 people. Yeah, over 200 um, on the crossroads. But some of them just come here to... uh to, to listen to the podcast or be on the podcast channel. But what I will say is that, yes, we are adults, but you'd be amazed, Jasper, at how often that does not really um, indicate how behavior Matter. is going to go no. in, um, yeah. in fandom. I mean, most, I mean, I would say 99% of the people that I've interacted with in fandom were grown-ass adults and didn't act like it. Not that 99% didn't act like adults. I'm saying that 99% were the people who did not act like adults. <clears throat> so you yeah. know, and everybody's been very supportive of each other. They've been very supportive of you know helping people do research and offering suggestions, and um, you know it's just it's been great. I mean, I, we had we had like a couple minor things only that have come up, and we tried to address it very gently. It's like let's not do this kind of thing. People stop doing it. So. Um, yeah, so just yeah. awesome, guys. Congratulations. Everybody's been just really, really kick-ass. Because the community um, is is only as beneficial as the people who are a part of it. And um, and I that would be difficult to maintain by ourselves. So uh, just we're really glad you're here, you know. So, And that's why we that's keep recruiting people to help – keep recruiting people to help run sprints. Um we're we're typically are looking at people who've recruiting people who have done a few who understand how it goes, um, that kind of thing. But we, we you know we keep trying to bring people in to help make it run smoother and make it run all the time. Um, but I just want this is this is if if there ever is a disrupting influence, you know, um, feel free to reach out to me or Kira, you know, because we we want to know. Or Becca. Becca's the other server admin. She's online, I think, way more than I am, actually. Um, reach out to somebody. Um, 
on the on the and even for the social side of it, which is the crossroad server, which has the podcast and the and some of the more social channels. Um, if anything disruptive is going on, if somebody's like really stepping over the line and they and you know they're not able to they're not succumbing to peer pressure. Let's put it that way. Reach out and let us know because we don't want either place to be some place that people dread going. And on Crossroads, Julie and I are admins, and Lady Holder and Azure are um, are mods. Um, and uh, Lady Holder has the ability to get a hold of me twenty four seven. So if there's ever a problem that needs an admin access, um, she can call my house. <laughs> yes, she can. So. Me and me and Discord are not good friends, technologically speaking. I'm I'm poking at it, but I'm I'm having some kind of disconnect with it that I didn't expect to have. Um, so, but I'm getting there. I think so. Yeah, it'll 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 suddenly click for her one day, and she's gonna just like tear through it like gangbusters. Um, it did click for me. It was very <laughs> similar to some forum stuff I've done from the past. So yeah, I jumped right in on on role based access and um we have we have we have hit this isn't a tease, we do have hidden chats all over the place. Um and it's so that, you know, there's a, we can just deal with um like sprint coordination and um the you know, the admins can deal with any talk about any issues that came up and um and then we did our first challenge challenge focused private chat, which is for the unicorn relay. Um, and it's working great that we don't have to have, a, you know, a bazillion places to go that it's all in one spot. You can do small group chats on, um, on the, on just on discord without being in a chat server. But I think it's like eight, like eight or nine people is the limit, which makes it, um, problematic for challenge coordination. Discord would be very stable. I haven't had any problems either on my mobile devices or on my computer. So I'm really pleased with that. Um, I've had such terrible luck with um, chat servers for my website. So um, yeah, I'm pretty thrilled with Discord. Now, if only I could embed Discord in my site. If only. I've looked. Yeah. If only. I've tried. I I can't. Um, But that's okay, though. They're still evolving. You never know what might be coming for them because they're still working on their revenue model and how they're going to position themselves. Code did not play well. Um, Not so far. I mean, I haven't had any cost so far as a personal member, and I didn't have to pay anything to set up my server. Um, but honestly, as as awesome as Discord was, is I, I wouldn't mind paying a a, a small fee. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to pay for a member because a lot of the chats were like, okay, you can have twenty twenty members for free, but it's going to cost you a hundred dollars a month to have more than that. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah, their their revenue model went from like you know zero to sixty. It was like what? 
You want to, in order to be able to have more than 20 people, you want to charge what per month? I mean, there wasn't even any right. sale, right? It was like, it wasn't no, like it was $2 it was or $3 ridiculous. a month to get 50 people or whatever. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Discord's supposedly going to have some premium services or premium features and stuff that people can buy. Um, yeah, and there's a Nitro thing, which I haven't really looked into much, but, I mean, I... You know, if they if they came up with some sort of premium service that I thought was interesting that was reasonably priced, I would probably pay for it just to give them some money um, because I find their service so useful. But so far, everything we've needed has been covered in what they offer for free. So it's been yeah, so kick ass. We haven't tried the voice channels. I've seen well, some we people get the on channel. them. So. We have. Yeah, but I have, I have had some people. Yeah. No, I have seen some people get on them and, and use them and have conversations and stuff and, you know, have, you know, knock yourself out. But um, I haven't done any experimenting with it. But we use we've occasionally used the voice chat feature through Messenger, and I can't imagine that it would be much different. Although I'm, I guess since it's designed for gaming, Discord's designed for gaming, that it probably is going to have less lag than Messenger had. I would agree, yeah. Yeah, I, I added the um, Discord app to my Kindle um, and my um, my phone with no problems whatsoever, and it was, like, slick. Very slick. Yeah. Things you don't want to know is that one day I was, like, I pinged, like, two or three people. I was, like, can you end the next sprint? Can you end the next sprint? Because I was, like, I have to go to the bathroom. And all of a sudden I was, like, I've got the app on my phone. I guess I could just end the sprint in the bathroom. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I was, like, I can't reach anybody, so I'm taking, I'm taking my phone with me, and I'm going to stop this sprint from the bathroom. <laughs> well, well last night I right ran now. sprints while I was cooking dinner. I was on. Um, I was doing sprints, and I had to go cook dinner. So um, in the midst of stir-frying chicken and vegetables, I um, uh, called sprints. <laughs> so her word count was chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was this, chicken. It was delicious yeah. chicken. It was garlic and ginger chicken in a stir-fry, a vegetable stir-fry with, with um, kale and cabbage and Brussels sprouts and um, what's those those um, sugar peas? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, also, to to our to our sprint mods out there, um, if you can only run two sprints, only run two sprints. You know, the people who are around who want to sprint will be grateful for you coming in and running two. And you might be giving a break to somebody who is signed up to do eight or nine hours who would appreciate an hour off. So, you know, don't feel like you have to come in and sprint, do run sprints for five or six hours. You don't. You can come in and do it for however much time you've got. That's why we have that whole chat for coordinating stuff is so that we can, um, you know, work with each other. All this Brussels sprout hate in the chat room hurts me. Brussels sprouts are wonderful. Ma'am, I want to tell you something really interesting about Brussels sprouts. If you smother it in a ginger and garlic sauce, 
little sesame seed oil. It's going to taste like cabbage because it is just basically a small cabbage. <laughs> they are a little bit. They're a little cabbage. You have to cut them in half, though. If you're eating Brussels sprouts that are whole, it's all not good. Of the flavors, all that stuff, that, that whatever it is that makes them taste kind of sulfurous, um, is released when they cook when they're cut. If you cook them whole, that is trapped in there and they taste terrible. So if you've only ever had a whole Brussels sprout, but shave Brussels sprouts, you know, shave them really thin and uh, really good. So good. And the kale, oh, it was just fantastic. And the cabbage and it had, had some carrots in it too. It was really great. I bought it as a kit because I'm not interested in cutting up all those vegetables myself because, hello. Um, Anyways, and Kroger has these um, bags of um, stir-fried vegetables you can get. And it has it all done for you, and you just toss it in a skillet. What? (laughs) And it was only $3, so I'm like, hell hell yeah. (laughs) Someone's saving me some prep time. I'm all in. Um, We we take... when I'm when I'm cleaning them and stuff, I'll take all the leaves, like for the outer like third, all the big leaves off separate, and then shave the inner part, which is the small the small little inner sprout. So I've got all this big pile of these loose leaves, and then I toss them in olive oil and garlic and roast them until they're brown and crunchy. They're so good. They're fucking addictive. Chips. It's like chips. You well, made your brown, own chips. I brought the sprouts leaves. It is. Brussels sprout leaf chips are so amazingly good. They sound really good. Now yeah, I want some. But, oh yeah. The thing is, is, I don't even eat broccoli by itself outside of a stir fry. But if you stir, if you stir fry broccoli in ginger and garlic, it's like, what? I'll, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll practically eat any vegetable if you stick ginger and garlic on it. <laughs> Whereas for me, for me, it's if you put olive oil and garlic and salt and stick it in and roast it, doesn't matter what it is, I'm probably going to eat it. Yeah, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> but you guys need to be careful with extra virgin olive oil. It has a very high, um, it has a very low smoke point. The thing about extra virgin olive oil is if you burn it, it can become carcinogenic. Mm. That's probably why it tastes so good. <laughs> probably so. That in three I roasted at 350 and it turned brown. I'm like, my God, this is good. If you use a regular olive oil, it's not a problem. But extra olive oil, uh, extra virgin olive oil, it is. Which is why you should really put extra um, virgin virgin olive oil only on your salads and stuff. And cook with regular olive oil or with avocado oil, which is awesome, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to try that broccoli, um, like the baby broccoli or whatever it is. I do not like broccoli. I think it's weird. I, I and the thing is, I love everything in the cruciferous vegetable family until broccolini came along, and I was like, "What is this weird alien member of this?" Uh, no, cabbage, great. Oh, Brussels sprouts, great. Broccoli, great. Cauliflower, great. Broccolini, what is that? Here's okay. It's this time of the year where they're going to have, you know, they're starting to put, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables in your produce section in your grocery store. It's going to get a little fuller. Let me give you a pro tip on something. Do not buy that purple asparagus. You think you want it because it's pretty? It's going to cost you 3 $3 more a pound than regular asparagus? And you think that's going to make it taste? No. It tastes no different. 
In fact, it might be a little less flavorful than regular asparagus. Don't buy the purple asparagus. It's ridiculous. And don't buy the white asparagus either. I've seen white, white and purple. Disgusting. Ugh. It's disgusting. But asparagus, but if you if you do it just right, if you do a little blanching and then you, you toss it in a skillet with some fresh garlic and some rosemary, ooh, and a little olive oil, so good. I could put that in my stir fry too. And since we're on fruits and vegetables, folks, um, it is uh, gold nugget mandarin season, which only is like two months. Um, So get these to the produce section and get some because they are amazing. Now, the gold nugget, that's different than the suma, right? Have Mm -hmm. you seen the suma mandarin? Mm-hmm. I I was addicted to suma mandarin. They're like they're like twice as big as a regular mandarin. They're like a giant mandarin, but it's like a giant mandarin. And there were sumo suma s u m a mandarins, um, and they're not in my grocery store anymore. But they were there for like two two or three months. Um, they were both tart and sweet. So good. So good. I think so gold mandarins are my favorite. They they are funky looking. Um, they do they're all kind of like shriveled looking. That's what they're supposed to look. That lumpy shriveled appearance, but they're incredible and they have a very short season. And it's a very late for um, they have a very late citrus season. So uh, they I just saw them in store a couple of days ago for the first time. We bought like two pounds. I don't. Already gone. I don't really like tangelos. Although I've been like eating a ridiculous amount of um navel oranges this year because we uh, they're just they're just everywhere. It, it, there's something really difficult to turn down about a big giant orange. I mean, I just I, I love them. I love navel oranges. I love mandarins, and I love clementines, but tangelos not so much. And I don't like grapefruit and I don't like blood oranges either. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of. I like grapefruit, but grapefruit. There's something about the bitter profile of of, of grapefruit it means I really want it with sugar to counteract that bitterness, and that's just not mm-hmm. good for my blood sugar. So I don't, and I don't like artificial right. sweeteners. So it's it, grapefruits are kind of off the menu because of that. Also, I take a lot of medication, and just that's not. It's it's a bad combination for people who take meds. Um, but yeah, blood oranges. Yeah, I think it interacts with one of my blood pressure medications, maybe. Yeah, it's basically maybe, they say, maybe it's, you it's, take it's meds either my cholesterol you... or my blood pressure. Can't remember. Yeah, basically they say if you take meds, if you don't explicitly know that it's okay with your medication, it's safer not to have grapefruit. So there's there's, a Clementine, there's another PSA. A Clementine is very similar to a mandarin. I think a clementine is a little looser in the texture, where a mandarin has a really tight flesh. Um, and I would say that um, a, ma- a mandarin is sweeter than a clementine. A clementine is more like an orange in flavor. Is that what do you a say? Cl- well, a clementine is a, a clementine is a hybrid, so it is a hybrid of a mandarin and an orange. 
So, yes. I think it tastes more like a regular orange than it does a mandarin. So it's not as sweet, but it's really good. I like them both. Um, If I have a preference, I'll pick up a mandarin. But if I don't have mandarins on hand, clementine will do. (laughs) Yeah, clementines are very small. But I miss the really thick, thin. The when I was younger, and when they had navel oranges, they had this really thick pulp, and I mean this really thick skin. Um, now they don't. I can't find yeah, those they have really, really thick thin. skinned uh, orange navel oranges. Yeah, they have that really thin they came skin from, that's a little hard to peel. Um, they were. I, I think they came from California when I was little. The California navel, and it was just like the skin would be really thick. And it would kind of peel like a mandarin. It was a really easy peel. And now the navel is just terrible to peel, but it's still really good. Yeah. If you get a good one, I got the last bag of oranges we got were terrible. They were all so sour. Oh. My husband really Where you buy sour orange. I well, there's sour, and then there's then there's lockjaw, which is pretty much what we had going on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. The only thing you could do with those is fill them all, freeze them, and use them for smoothies. So you could sweeten yeah, them or something. That's that's what you'd have to do with them. Is you have to throw them in a smoothie, um, and it couldn't be your primary fruit because it would make your smoothie too sour. But you know, when I was a kid, my my my. Um, my aunt she I, I this is this tells you what a contrary nature I had that I would hurt myself to keep from um doing things I didn't want to do or that people thought I should do so my aunt and you're going to be horrified at what she wanted me to do and why I did what I did but she was insistent that like the cheapest way to buy vitamin c was to buy it in its crystal powder form right so it hadn't been pressed into tablets well, the problem with that is the only way you have to consume powdered, like crystal, crystalline vitamin C is you have to eat it. You can't just, you know, it, it's just straight vitamin C. There's no flavor. There's no sugar. It's just straight sour. So she got it in her head. The best way to consume this was to put it in milk. Think about that for a minute. I can't. Think about that for a minute. Milk, it's horrible. You know, I don't even like to see ice in milk. Because that's just gross. I don't like to see what it, milk. No, no. Yeah. So she would she would dump she would dump a teaspoon of this vitamin C powder in milk and expect me to drink it to get my daily dose of vitamin C. You know, I'm a kid. And I said I get my vitamins, and I was like, to me, it, it, it almost like it tasted like it almost instantly curdled the milk. It was disgusting. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I told her I would rather have the vitamin C straight, right? I would just rather put it in my mouth than to, to put it in the milk. And she said, there's no way you'd be able to just have it straight. You have to put it in something. And she, she used that tone like Jillian. And I was like, the whole name, right? So I, I, I was like, I was going to show her. So I got not a teaspoon, mind you, a tablespoon out. And I got a tablespoon <laughs> of that vitamin C powder and popped it in my mouth. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't. It, oh, talk about lockjaw. I mean, my whole, all the muscles in my face froze up. My eyes started to water. <laughs> it's really terrible. 
<laughs> you're we're just not built to process that level of sour. That's the moment, you guys, that our mom was always telling us about. You know, that moment when your mouth writes a check your ass can't cash? That was it, yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it's Pixie Sticks on steroids. I hated Pixie Sticks. Oh, oh, I love Pixie Sticks. My sister loves all that stuff. Pixie Sticks and uh, sour, sour patch things and gummy worms and... All that stuff. So I got my husband. My, my husband brought my print job to me. My plot for um, finding Atlantis is um, eleven pages printed. And how many plot points are you up to? Because you were you were just going to get like gangbusters the last time I heard about this. Okay, um, I ended up with ninety four. Uh. How many novels are you writing? <laughs> Shut up. This is just for one one, this is the one, one novel. This is one story. You're doing an epic in April. Okay, I'll just check in. Well, I so you're writing I had actually you're writing for thirty k. I was plotted for thirty k, and then I was like, "Well, that's not going to work because I don't like how that's looking." And so then I thought, "Okay, I'll just plot for fifty k." Um, but then I was doing it in sprints, and that could have been the problem because sprints are very productive. And when I got finished, I was like, "Well, shit, this is a, this is at least a hundred k. At the very least, it's a hundred k. I'm I'm thinking it could be closer to a hundred and fifty. Yeah, I'm thinking about actually copying and pasting my storyboard into a tab on my project file. Oh, that's an interesting idea. And you could just, guys, you could not go there if you don't want to be spoiled. Actually, not very long at all. The difference between The Hobbit and, say, like, um, Return of the King now. I don't know. Maybe I'll share my storyboard after... I finished my story. The Hobbit is 95,000 words. But which is which is petite comparatively. Yeah, I mean comparatively speaking. But not far off the modern norm, which is between 65 and 80-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And well it depends and it depends on the genre. In fantasy, 90,000 95,000 words is dainty. It's kind of a it's kind of a baby, yeah. Yeah, it's just that that's that's like you've barely gotten your world building out. But we talked earlier, and um, how many plot points? How many plot points did my bang have? My quantum bang have? We've we've gone there before. One hundred and thirty-five. You said it. I know. Doesn't sound quite right. Um, ish, ish. I have to get there. I almost said the title when I was <laughs> like, that would have been bad. <laughs> you know how when you're searching for something, you just kind of, 
Let's see. Oh, I almost I almost did it too because not 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 said it, but when I was signing up for Camp Nano, my project I signed up with for Camp Nano is the sequel to my QB, right? So I almost put sequel to name of story. <laughs> Actually, not almost. <laughs> I I did put it. I did put sequel to name of story. But then I went, what the? <laughs> so okay. So I went and I changed it before I told anybody. My QB had 135 plot points. Um, could be a little less, could be a little more, because I wrote on it after I printed it, like I always do. Um, and my QB is 110K. So I'm looking at 94 plot points. Ish. Is that all? Depending on what <laughs> makes it. Because sometimes when you're writing, you know, even though I'm a plotter, I still have an organic writing process. So sometimes something that's in my storyboard won't end up in my final product. Or sometimes something that I didn't anticipate pops up in my writing that I had to add to my storyboard. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking between 80 and 100K. Yeah. Which honestly isn't going to be difficult with sprinting. No. No. You're, but you're, I did plan three it, art. So. Three, three, three different no, three art, a three novel arc, three novella arc, three epic arc. What? 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 Well, <laughs> I need. I, did, I need clarification. I did my QB. My QB in a three arc. Like a three act play, a three arc. Oh yeah. But like, I like, like my first arc is my building action, um, my my building, and then you know yeah. my climax will take place somewhere near the end of my second arc, and then my third arc is my falling action, which is always the shortest arc in my in my set. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, like on my quantum bang, my 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 climax actually took, actually took place um, in the third arc. But for the most part, I'm just trying to figure out because I don't want to do that wily coyote move off the cliff with my falling action. Mm. Yes, three is very psychologically satisfying. So, well, and I it, actually you, plan. I also actually planned an epilogue that will take place on Earth. So, um, just to have an emotionally satisfying ending for for John and Sebastian. So. And right now, my fic is mostly Jen, with a squint, if you miss it, possible McShep in the future. So we'll see how that goes in the um, in the actual writing. So I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to make a prediction because she if she's in the mood, she could swing really hard one way or the other. Just to be spiteful. <laughs> Just to be spiteful. No, I mean, I really, I really don't know because the, because most of the the fic is about John and Sebastian coming together as a family, and um, Rodney's position um, in uh, in that relationship is 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 different than it is in what might have been because he's not with John. Um, he actually is with Katie Brown when this starts per canon, um, and. Um, you know, Sebastian's got some emotional issues to deal with, and, you know, John's having to adjust to being a dad, and um, there's really not room, I think, for much of a relationship. I don't know. I mean, 
it could be when I get into the writing, I'll feel differently about it. And, and that's one of the things I say about my process that remains organic is that sometimes, uh, no matter what I have planned, um, when you get into it, when you get into the writing, your feelings can change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you wanted um, a pairing that doesn't work out, and sometimes you didn't see a pairing coming, and all of a sudden you're seeing all the potential for it, and you just embrace it and go with it. So, but, you know, I've left room for a pairing, but it's not a priority in my fic. It's, um, this fic is, is about, um, oh, you know what, honestly, I will say that um, it's about exploring my own daddy issues. Because I do have them. Um, mine abandoned me when I was very young. And um, I had a series of stepfathers, and the last one stuck. And he's a good man. Um, and he uh, he took care of us. But... There's always that thing in the back of your mind thing, you know? It's there. So, and it, yeah. and it does tend to um, taint my work sometimes. I think that's one reason why McKay's father is so vicious um, in, um, in Hold Your Coffee because I made Meredith, I made Rodney a woman, and then it was like, I related too much to her. And as a result, I think my feelings for my father kind of bled all over the character of Scott McKay. Um, and my father was never, my biological father was never violent with me. Um, in fact, I was his favorite um, up until he left. Uh, but there's a lot of anger there. You know, that sometimes, sometimes you know, you have this, this trauma, like, lingering in the back of your mind, and you don't know it's there, and you don't know how. And, yeah, I was, like, wondering to myself, so that dude that wrote all those Disney movies about moms disappearing, is that because his mom, like, died? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, Bambi's mom, Cinderella's mom was gone, and then Cinderella's dad was gone, and, you know. Yeah, there's definitely Thing. mommy and daddy issues, like like galore. At Disney. Yeah. In fact, I I don't think it would be much of a spoiler to say that my quantum bang is also full of daddy issues. Um, it, it's just all the daddy issues, all of them. <laughs> so many daddy issues. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, I have, I have, I have zero relationship with my biological father. I've got a good relationship with my stepdad, but he didn't come into my life until I was like in my late thirties. So, you know, that's completely. It's it not doesn't feel remotely paternal. Um, but I don't ever write. Like, I don't focus on the mom angle in stories. I've got a good relationship with my mother, so I don't have. I don't, I don't believe like I need to explore characters. You know, coming to you know. It's just it's just a different focus when you have that issue. So, yeah, my mom and I are like you know best friends. We're we're really tight. You know, so um, yeah, that's not really that's not really an issue that I ever had. Sometimes we're too much alike, which can be an issue. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Out of the blue yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, sometime last night. Out of the blue, she she starts to speak to me, and she called me Rachel. Rachel is not my actual name; otherwise, this would not be weird. Um, <laughs> so she says she says da 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 Rachel, and I went, 
who's Rachel? She was like, I don't have any idea why I called you that. And I said, well, if you don't know, I can't help you with it. So I just started calling her Veronica for the rest of the day. That's not her name. (laughs) (laughs) So it's still all day today. And that's continuing on all day today. She says, such as as Rachel. And I go, how you doing, Veronica? I hate my biological father. I don't really feel anything for him, and and that's really sad. There's just nothing there. There's just a void, you know. Um, so, um, nah. nothing's there. So, yeah, it's just. Eh. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, as a writer, your your feelings um, um, on various issues um, will eventually bleed into your writing, and that's perfectly okay. That's one of the reasons why I think that writing is such an intimate process, because um, you can't help but put a little bit of yourself into your words. Just don't put your whole yeah. self in your work, because that's called a self-insert, and that's wrong. Joanne. Yeah. Well, and you also don't want to make it too obvious, right? You don't need people need that much insight into you. Right? Well, that's slick as hell. That actually is really slick. I want one. Me too. I wonder how much it costs. Whoever designed that did a fabulous job. Fantastic. It's very futuristic, isn't it? Actually, neither view of it is when you, in either mode of this jumpsuit. It doesn't look futuristic in either either view, but it's the transition of it that feels very futuristic. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm doing my thing. <laughs> kind of almost hypnotic. The hat is over the top. I'm just saying. I don't really dig that whole ponytail through the top of the hat thing. I'm not digging no. it. No, that's just no. <laughs> Let me tell you how I feel about it. No. <laughs> no, I don't watch Drag Race. Am I missing something beyond drama? Because I don't really like drama. Um, I don't like reality TV drama. Wow. Oh, wow. That's from Dragon Age. Oh. Oh. I see it now. I see the, yeah, I see it. Oh, I see that, yeah. I wasn't looking for it, but now I am. Okay. 
still very beautiful. Yeah. Still very cool. Yeah. Do you know what I've been sitting here doing? Do you know what I've been sitting here doing? I needed to remove a category from my site. And this is how brain dead I am. Can you guess what I was showing you? What's the easy way to remove a category from a bunch of stories? Go to the category and delete the category in your category settings under post. Right. Oh, honey, were you doing it it manually? Yep. Editing it off of every single post. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I twigged into it when I had seven left. I was like, why am I doing it this way? I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing it this way because I am, because that's how I roll. I have a serious problem with people who don't vaccinate their children. I think if someone doesn't vaccinate their child and their child gets a potentially fatal disease, they should go to jail. Unless there is a very good medical reason why their child should not be vaccinated, their child should be vaccinated. And honestly, the first time I hear of a kid getting polio, I'm filing every complaint I possibly can because that shit is treatable. That shit is preventable. If your kid gets polio in this day and age and you live in the United States of America, your ass needs to go to jail. Because you can get those vaccines for free at the health department. Yeah, plague enthusiasts. (laughs) (laughs) Whooping cough is very dangerous. I mean, it's it's fatal for babies, and you just need to vaccinate your fucking kids and stop pretending that Jenny McCarthy is a goddamn expert on vaccinations. I thought that there had been a resurgence of polio. Yeah, in Venezuela last yeah. summer. So it is happening outside of um, the countries that still had issues with it, um, and it was all it was basically eradicated in some of the places. Um, And late last year, there were some cases of something they're calling a polio-like condition in the U.S., but they're not calling it polio. So, yeah, whatever. Which is it? Yeah, okay. That feels like they're. That feels like something they're. Feels like they're trying not to say something. Anyway, it's infuriating. No, I won't get into that. There is there is a whole um there is a whole side of the whole um vaccination thing that people have an issue with the fact that big pharma in the US, this is a US issue, has basically been allowed to push out new vaccines that aren't properly tested and that no one's really sure we actually need. So kids today get a lot more vaccinations than they did when I was a kid. And there's that's a whole separate issue though. The basic stuff, measles, mumps, rubella, polio, that kind of stuff, there's no reason not because herd immunity, we rely on that to protect people who have compromised immune systems. So um, 
people need to fight if, if people really if what they're big upset about is big pharma they need to fight that war separately from the anti-vaxxers because the anti-vaxxers just look like a bunch of fucking crazies what i would also say is that um i wasn't vaccinated for chicken pox um and i got chicken pox but now because i did get chicken pox i run the risk of getting shingles and shingles can be really extremely fucking painful and and terrible. Um, as you get older, you, you're more likely to get shingles. And so they have a vaccine for if you're over 50 for shingles. Um, and, yeah, shingles is bad. But, and because I had chicken pox as a kid, I am more likely to get shingles than not. It is painful it can cause permanent um, – there are permanent side effects to get, getting shingles beyond the scarring that can take place. I so, I mean, yeah. when, when I turn 50, I'm getting vaccinated. Yeah, my husband is going to get vaccinated pretty soon. Um for shingles because it's just not it's just whoa whoa dudes you turn 50 get your shingles vaccine because you don't want shingles and if you got kids get them vaccinated for chicken pox because chicken pox as a kid it's just annoying once you get chicken pox you can get shingles and it's just like it's just not just come on now people Oh God! What? Um, one of her friends got scarlet fever, and now she at five years old, and it fried her um, reproductive system. Damn. Now my grandmother got um, scarlet fever shortly after the birth of her last child, and it threw her in the menopause and turned her hair a solid white. And you can get your shingles vaccine at your pharmacy. It's two shots a couple of months apart. Um, So keep that in mind, folks. They definitely recommend it if you're over 50. I'm thinking if I I can't get mine early. With my immune system, my doctor might be all in for that. Like, okay, yes. He might, yeah. I would ask. Yes, you can do that. Because I don't want to get shingles. <laughs> and I don't want you to get shingles no. because you get everything. <laughs> Isn't that the damn truth? Right, we couldn't even wrap you in bubble wrap because you're probably going to be allergic to bubbles. <laughs> and wrap. <laughs> and wrap. You're going to develop a bubble wrap allergy. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I'm scraped a bunch of my doctor. I, I scraped. I scraped a bunch of skin off my hand um, the other day, like, just, like, you know, as you do. I don't even know how I did it, but it's, like, all of a sudden it's, like, oh, there's all this skin gone. And it was bleeding and stuff, you know. So I decided to put one of those. I like those. I can't remember what they're called, but it's, you know, like those blister band-aids and stuff where it creates kind of a – it's almost like creating a fake scab over the wound so that your wound can heal without scabbing, which helps prevent scarring. And um, I put one on it, and it was kind of itchy. Um, and I was trying to ignore it, 
Um, so I put on, um, took some antihistamines and tried to just, but finally it was like painfully itchy. And I re- looked, and I was doing some other stuff and I looked down and I realized my whole hand, the whole back of my hand was swollen. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? And, and so I peeled this, this Band-Aid off and there were hives, just these enormous hives all underneath um, the Band-Aid. And like the whole back of my hand was swollen. And the, once the Band-Aid was off, it was like the swelling just took off like gangbusters. And I was like, my hand looks like it's got some kind of really sick weirdo disease. So it was deeply unfortunate. Only you. Only you. Sharp burning itch that becomes odd blister. So this was something in our PSA. If you get a sharp burning itch that becomes odd blister-like spots on your skin, go to the doctor right away. Shingles needs to be treated early to avoid permanent nerve damage. Um, the longer you wait, the more likely it is that you'll be permanently damaged. Also, it doesn't go away on its own. Um, that uh, dark seraphina is, sends you her public service announcement that you get be on the lookout for shingles and that you get treated for it if you have the symptoms quickly. I think honestly, if you get any kind of blister-like spot on your hand and you or your body, you can't figure out how it got there. Like if you didn't burn yourself, take your ass to the doctor. It, just GP. <laughs> yeah. Go. <really. laughs> Go to the doctor. But um, we are nine minutes away from our 30-minute break between the podcast and the sprint. Um, oh, I wanted to address something. Because the, the other night um, we were doing the podcast. And I was in the podcast for asking Julie to say goodnight. And she says goodnight, and I, and I turn the music on. Well, someone in the chat room said, well, what, one uh, eventually she's going to tell us goodnight, too. And I was like, oh, my God, you fetus. And I, that's when I realized that, you, that some of you have no idea where that comes from. And I'm like... <laughs> so, a long, long time ago, there was this um, very um, In entertaining galaxy, man far, named far George. Far away, far away, there was this very entertaining man named George Burns, and he had a wife, and her name was Gracie. And whenever they appeared together, at the end of their performance, he would say, "Say good night, Gracie." And she would say goodnight, and then it would be over. So that's a little, it's a little joke. You know, she's my Gracie. (laughs) Kind of. I I can't believe some of these people don't get it. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) My sadness knows no bounds right now. And I also make Lady Holder do it when she's on the air as well. It's just like, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, there are people in here it's who her don't bit. get it. And I was like, it's a thing. And I was like, I just can't. I just can't. I was like. <sighs> you made Kira huff. You made her huffy. <laughs> yes, but do you have a flag? No flag, no country. I am going to see Eddie Izzard in um, – I think it's July, July, July. That sounds right. 
Camp Nano is... It's true. If I was following the script, I would say goodnight, Jilly. But I'm terrible about following scripts. (laughs) Terrible about it. Right, yeah. Because Gracie would actually say, goodnight, Gracie. (laughs) Yeah. But it, you know... Camp Nano is um, the April Riders Retreat for, it's an offshoot of National Novel Writing Month, which takes place in um, November. And Camp Nano takes place in April and in July, which is how I also set up the um, Rough Trade so that uh, you guys um, would be able to do Camp Nano during Rough Trade events if you wanted to. Um, and so Camp Nano is basically a, um, it's, a it's a kind of like an online writer's retreat, and you create cabins or you get sorted into a cabin automatically, and they run during April and in July. And these cabins just um, allow you to be accountable to a group of people about your writing, um, kind of like the regular um, Nano um, site, um, but just a little more intimate, I guess you would say. Intimate and casual. Yeah, it's both more and casual, casual and more intimate. Because you've got the cabins, it's a smaller word count, you know, it's a 30,000 thing, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit more kickback, um, you're a small group, you aren't going into regional groups, um, and you can set up your own little cabin, or you can meet strangers. I did strangers one year, um, I wasn't, well, yeah, I wasn't real thrilled with it, so... And each cabin can hold about 20 people, um... I think the cabin that we're in is full, but I can't tell. Um, I don't think so. Actually, it wasn't this morning, but it might be now. Things change. But if you, um, you can make your own cabin and collect your own people to put into it. I recommend a private cabin um, that you can invite your own people into because um, if you just let them sort you into a cabin you're going to be in there with strangers and if you're writing fan fiction you might get shit from from other writers um and um if that's the kind of thing that would make you uncomfortable um then you don't want to do that you know but if a bunch of people do want to do another, do a cabin and the cabin we have now is full check check ping us on the on the on the writing server if if you want if you want to join join the cabin, um, the person Penumbria I think is who set up the cabin. Um, but if you want to join the cabin and we're full, someone can set up another cabin. There we have plenty of particip- people writing that we could have more than one cabin running. Right. So. And even if you're not participating in Rough Trade, but you are writing for April, you could still do the cabin situation. Just sign up for Camp Nano and pick out your word count, which is your own word count. You you, you pick it out yourself. I think most of these people pick a thirty thousand, but I'm not sure because uh, that's the minimum for April's RT. But Camp Nano doesn't actually have a required word count. You pick it yourself. Yeah, I think the default is fifty because that's always their default. But you can put them whatever you want. Right. So even if you're not doing RT, you could still do Camp Nano and still be in the cabins. Um, Let's say that you can go to Open Write on the Just Write server and see about the cabin situation um, if, if you want to get into a cabin. But you need to sign up, like, now. You need to go over there right now and sign up 
um, but don't but but don't ask to be like randomly assigned a cabin if you want to do a cabin with just you know us guys, you know. Right. So because you don't get but you gotta you have to have we can't invite you if you don't have a pro if you don't have a username and your project created. If you, just having a username is not sufficient. You have to have created your April project in order to get an invite. Okay. The system won't work without it. So, so we're down to three minutes. Um, then we're going to have a 30-minute break, and then we're going to meet over on um, Just Right, and we're going to hit the Sprint channel, and we're going to sprint. Um, this is officially our Rough Trade sprinting, but even if you're not doing Rough Trade, you are very welcome in the Sprint channel. So get over there and get settled, and then we're going to do some riding. Yes, we are. I'm going to go work on my timeline. Right. <laughs> and Kira's going to go read what Ellie wrote. <laughs> Have a new ship. I don't have time. You're, you're I, welcome. I have, I have to do something else first, but I'll try to get it in before oh, 30 minutes are oh. up. Um, oh, oh, oh. Anyway, she's going to go with I'm going to right, I'm gonna end this show right, right now because I have to actually hit the ladies' room. Um, so say good night, Jilly. Good night, Jilly. 